Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. In this episode of our podcast, we are starting into a brand new series of sermons that we're calling I Believe. So over the course of the next six episodes, we're going to be exploring what it is that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, believe. Now, with more than 2.3 billion people who identify themselves as Christians in the world today, it can feel almost impossible for all of us to agree on anything, let alone something as big and as important as our faith. But there are a few essential beliefs that all Christians have. So we're going to be exploring what those beliefs are, and we're also going to be exploring why those beliefs matter. So let's get right into this first episode sermon and talk about the first essential belief of our faith. There are roughly 7.9 billion people in the world today. And out of these 7.9 billion people, about 30%, which is 2.3 billion people, identify themselves as Christians. And these 2.3 billion Christians are part of approximately 45,000 different denominations. And some of these denominations you're probably familiar with, like the Roman Catholics, or the Southern Baptists, or the United Methodists. But some of these denominations are a little bit more obscure, like the French Coptic Orthodox Church, which only has about 10,000 total members. And based on these sheer numbers alone, it seems almost impossible that there is anything that every Christian could agree on. I mean, let's just think about our church right now. Here at Melbourne Heights this morning, there are far fewer than 2.3 billion people worshiping with us, whether you're worshiping with us online or if you're worshiping with us in person right now. But we would still be hard-pressed to find something that everyone that's worshiping with us today could agree on. And that's because some of you that are worshiping with us today prefer Coke, and some of you prefer Pepsi. Some of you worshiping with us today, you prefer sweet tea, and some of you prefer your tea unsweet. Some of you who are worshiping with us today prefer reading, and some of you worshiping with us right now prefer watching TV. And some of you that are worshiping with us right now like to cheer on the Kentucky Wildcats. Some of you like to cheer on the Louisville Cardinals, and some of you don't care about sports whatsoever. So, if we can't agree on these relatively minor things, like what beverage we want to drink or how we're going to spend our free time or what team we're going to cheer on, then how could we possibly agree on the bigger things in life? Well, as hard as it may be to believe, there actually are some essential beliefs that every Christian has. So over the course of the next six weeks here at Melbourne Heights, we're going to be exploring what these essential beliefs are, and we're also going to be talking about why these beliefs matter. But before we dive in and we start talking about what these beliefs are today, I think it's worth taking a minute and noting the fact that we are far from the first people who have ever tried to wrap our minds around the essential beliefs of our faith. As a matter of fact, practically from the very beginning of our faith, there have always been people who have been trying to understand and summarize what it is that we as Christians believe. And traditionally, we call these attempts to summarize the beliefs, the essential beliefs of our faith, creeds. And we call them creeds because the Latin word, uh, the word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which literally means I believe. So these creeds are just statements of belief. And even though there is no statement of belief, no creed that could ever completely capture what we as Christians, as followers of Jesus believe, 
because the essence of our beliefs is in a person, the person of Jesus Christ, and not in a system of beliefs, these creeds can still be helpful for us. They can still be useful for us as we try to wrap our minds around what it is that we as followers of Jesus believe. So over the course of the next six weeks, we are going to be using one of these creeds in particular to help us as we try to understand what it is that we believe. And the specific creed that we are going to be using is called the Apostles' Creed. Now, we don't call this the Apostles' Creed because the Apostles, Jesus' first disciples, the one that Jesus literally sent out to share the good news about him, wrote this creed because they didn't. Instead, we refer to this as the Apostles' Creed because it's believed that this summary of beliefs uh, throughout history has been seen as an accurate summary of everything that the Apostles taught us about Jesus. So, I want us to take a minute and look at the Apostles' Creed this morning. And as I'm reading it for you, I have a feeling that some of it is going to sound familiar. So, let's take a look at what the Apostles' Creed actually says. It says this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. So as we get started today talking about the essential beliefs of our faith, what we as Christians ultimately believe, I don't think there's any better place for us to start than with the opening statement that we find in the Apostles' Creed. So as a Christian... I believe in God. I believe in God. Why don't you say that with me, okay? We'll do it on three. Everybody ready? One, two, three. I believe in God. Say it again. I believe in God. One more time like you really believe it. I believe in God. But why do we believe in God? Now, if I were to ask this question 30 years ago, it would have seemed pretty ridiculous to ask. Because 30 years ago, just about anybody you asked if they believed in God, they would have told you yes. And even today in the United States of America, about 88% of people say that they believe in God. But over the course of the last 30 years, there's been a rise in something called the New Atheist Movement uh, that has challenged things a bit. And this New Atheist Movement, what they have done, they have sat out to prove or to show that believing in God is absurd, it's anti-intellectual, and it's even dangerous. Steven Weinberg, who is a theoretical physicist and part of this new atheism movement, has gone so far as to say, the world needs to wake up from the long nightmare of religion. Anything we scientists can do to weaken the hold of religion should be done and may in fact be our greatest contribution to civilization. Now, that's probably not the kind of quote that you ever thought you would hear inside of a church, especially not during a sermon on a Sunday morning. And as somebody who believes in God, I can tell you that hearing what Steven Weinberg says, it sounds a little bit harsh. 
But if I'm willing to take a step back and be honest, I can also tell you that I can understand where Steven Weinberg is coming from when he says this. Because when there are people who believe in God, who will stand and say that the creation stories that we find in the book of Genesis are settled science, or when you run into people who read the Bible, who believe in God, and will tell you that if you simply count back the genealogies that you find inside of Scripture, that you'll see that the world is only thousands of years old instead of billions of years old. Well, when you have these kind of people, they spit in the face of everything that Steven Weinberg and his scientific colleagues have spent their entire careers discovering and learning about our universe. But sadly, denying science is actually pretty low down on the list of things that people who believe in God do to give our faiths a bad name. I mean, the reality is that there are people in the world today that believe in God who have no problem whatsoever shouting out God is great before they detonate suicide bombs. There are people in this world today who have no problem cherry-picking from whatever scripture it is that they read to find passages that they use to deny equality to women, to people of color, and to demonize individuals for the people that they love. But even though there are plenty of people out there that believe in God while at the exact same time they deny every scientific advancement and theory that's come along from the Big Bang Theory to evolution all the way down to the COVID-19 vaccine, just because you believe in God, that doesn't mean you don't believe in science. Just because you believe in God, that doesn't mean you don't believe in science. And yes, I know that that sentence isn't grammatically correct, but it's absolutely true. And that's because history is filled with scientists and scholars who have been Christians. And we're not just talking about any scientists here. We're talking about everyone from Sir Isaac Newton to Blaise Pascal all the way down to Galileo. In modern times, we're talking about people like Max Planck, who's the father of quantum theory, and Georges Lamaitre, who is the father of the Big Bang Theory. And they have all been Christians and scientists. And they've been able to be both of these things because all of these individuals understand that the work that they're doing, that the discoveries that they're making, they don't disprove the existence of God. Rather, each of these scientists and so many others see and they understand that their work is showing that there must be a God who created the heavens and the earth. They also understand that there must be someone who is continuing to hold our entire universe together. Because as the astronomer Fred Hoyle has suggested, the chances of life on earth just organizing itself entirely on its own is about the same as having a tornado go blowing through a junkyard and fully assembling a functional Boeing 747. But this isn't just something that science can teach us either. This is something that Scripture teaches us in passages like Psalm 19, verse 1, where we're told this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. This psalm is telling us is that if you're willing to look at the world, if you're willing to explore science, instead of being pulled away from God, you're actually going to have your eyes opened up to the greater, higher power, the being who created the heavens and the earth. But even though there are some of us that are able to look at everything from supernovas all the way down to subatomic particles and see the glory of God and the work of his hands, there's still nothing that any of us can do that completely proves the existence of God. But likewise, 
There's also nothing that anyone else can do that can ever completely disprove the existence of God. Because as Adam Hamilton, who is a Methodist pastor and a popular author and speaker, explains it, when the atheist considers the universe, our planet, and life on this planet, there will always be a natural explanation that does not require God. But to the theist, the one who believes in God, the truth inevitably lies one layer beyond these explanations. Because every solution that's proposed by the scientific community points to the need for another X factor. For Christians, this X factor, this unforeseen, unseen force behind the existence and development of the universe is God. So, ultimately, we as Christians, we don't believe in God because we can definitively prove the existence of God. Rather, we believe in God because of our personal experience with God. We believe in God because of our personal experience with God. And that's because the God that we believe in is not some far off and distant God. The God that we believe in is not a God who created the heavens and the earth and then set everything in motion and stepped back to let things run themselves. No, the God that we believe in is a God that is still hands-on and active in our universe, in our world, and in our lives. And the God that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, believe in is a God who loves us and cares about us all. This is why the Apostles' Creed doesn't stop with just saying, I believe in God. Instead, the Apostles' Creed continues on, and it says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. Now, we spent the first part of the sermon talking about the Creator of heaven and earth part. So right now, I want to focus in on the Father Almighty part. Because our belief that God is Father is really one of those things that make us as Christians, Christians. Because up until Jesus came along and referred to God as Father, it's not exactly something that you heard before. Now, don't get me wrong here. There have always been people who have said that they believe in God as the creator of heaven and earth. But when you only believe in God as the creator of heaven and earth, ultimately what that does is it leads you to believe that God is so much greater, so much bigger, so much more than you could ever possibly be, that you end up feeling insignificant and unworthy to enter into God's presence, to have any kind of relationship with God whatsoever. And when you feel that you are insignificant and unworthy to enter into God's presence, to have a relationship with God, well, that explains why there are some faiths out there that will not even speak the name of God as they worship. But that's not the kind of God that we believe in. Because yes, we believe that God is the creator of heaven and earth. But we also believe that God is our Father. Or as Jesus himself refers to God, as Abba, Father. And that word Abba, well, the English equivalent of it is Daddy. And when you believe that God is your daddy, that changes perspectives altogether. Because your daddy, your daddy's not just big and strong and powerful. Your daddy is also up close and personal and involved in your life. Your daddy cares when you trip and fall and scrape your knee, and he's there to take care of you. Your daddy is there to cheer you on when you're playing in a baseball game. Your daddy's there to tuck you in at night and to check underneath your bed to make sure there aren't any monsters hanging out there. That's the kind of God that we, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, 
believe in. Yes, we believe in a God who is the creator of heaven and earth, but we also believe in a God who is our Father. This is something that the Apostle Paul, who is the foremost missionary and theologian of the first century, wants to make sure that people understand that Christians believe in. So as Paul travels the world sharing the good news of Jesus, Paul, this is the God that Paul talks about. And we find stories about Paul's travels across the world inside of the book of Acts in our Bible. So right now I want to share with you a passage that comes from Acts chapter 17. And I want you to really listen to the way that Paul describes God in this passage. So Acts chapter 17, we'll start reading in verse 22. Here's what Paul writes. Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious in every way. As I was walking through town and carefully observing your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What you worship as unknown, I now proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in temples that were made with human hands, nor is God served by human hands as though he needed something, since he is the one who gives life, breath, and everything else. From one person, God created every human nation to live on the whole earth, having determined their appointed times and their boundaries of their lands. God made the nations they would seek him, perhaps even reach out to him and find him. In fact, God isn't far away from any of us. In God, we live, we move, and exist. As some of your own poets said, we are his offspring. So this, this is the God that we believe in. This is the God that we're confessing faith in when we say that we believe in God the Father, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. But I told you at the beginning of the sermon that we weren't just going to be talking about what we as people of faith, as Christians, as followers of Jesus believe. I also told you that we were going to be talking about why these beliefs matter to us. So why does it matter that we believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? What difference does it make in our lives that we believe in God? Well, the unfortunate reality for a whole lot of people is that believing in God doesn't make much difference in their lives at all. And for these people, it's because it makes sense to them to believe in a God that is the creator of heaven and earth, but they struggle to believe in a God that is up close, a God that is personal, a God that loves them and cares for them. But when we talk about belief, we're not talking about these segmented beliefs. When the Apostles' Creed talks about beliefs, this is not what it is based on. When we as Christians, when we say that we believe, that's not what we mean when we talk this way. So when we say that we believe in something, what we are saying is that what the, whatever this thing is, that, that it is going to change our lives. It's going to make a difference on us. It's going to shape who we are, and it's going to shape how we live. Or to put it another way for you, when we say that we believe in God, what we're saying is that what we believe leads to how we act. What we believe leads to how we act. So, if we are really followers of Jesus, then saying that we believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, it's going to shape us. It's going to change us. It's going to make a difference in the way that we live our lives 
and understand our world. So, how does it do that? How does believing in God change us and shape us? Well, if you're the kind of person who likes to take notes, now's a great time to grab a pen and a piece of paper or to open up that app on your phone that you like to take notes in because there are a few ways that believing in God shapes us. People. First, believing in God keeps things in their proper perspective. Believing in God keeps things in their proper perspective. Because when you believe in God, you realize that you are not the center of the universe. You realize that not everything revolves around you. So believing in God, it keeps things in the proper perspective, and it helps you to realize that as a human being, you are a relatively small and insignificant part of creation. But you are a relatively small and insignificant part of creation that matters to God. And that leads us to the second thing that believing in God does to shape us. That's that believing in God reminds us that we are created with infinite value and worth. Believing in God reminds us that we are created with infinite value and worth. Now, that's not exactly the message that we hear every day in our lives. No, the world around us wants to convince us that if we don't dress a certain way, or drive a certain car, or look a certain way, that we're unimportant, that we don't really matter. But when we are told, when we hear, when we believe that we are created by God and in God's image, well, it changes everything. Because when God made you, God didn't make a mistake. God created you on purpose, and God created you for a purpose. And God made you exactly the way that you are because God knows that the world needs you. But of course, this also means that God didn't make a mistake when God created anyone else either. So the third thing that the believing in God does to shape us is that believing in God means that we love everyone God created. Believing in God means that we love everyone that God created. And guess what? God created everyone, so we're supposed to love everyone. Now, I know that that's a whole lot easier said than done, and that ultimately leads us to the fourth thing, the final thing that we're going to talk about today, that believing in God does to shape our lives. Because believing in God means that we have to live the way that God wants us to live. Believing in God means that we have to live the way that God wants us to live. And yeah, that's not easy to do. It's not easy to love your neighbor like you love yourself. It's not easy to put God first and put yourself last. It's not easy to commit your life to following a God that you will never see with your own eyes on this side of eternity. But even though it isn't easy, it is worth it. Because believing in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, it will change your life forever. So as Christians, as followers of Jesus, people of faith, we believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven, creator of earth. But this isn't the only essential belief of our faith. 
So next week, we're going to continue to talk about what some of these other essential beliefs are. Next week, we're specifically going to be focused in on what we as Christians believe about Jesus Christ. And we're going to be talking about why our belief in Jesus matters. So I hope that you'll come back and join us, not just next Sunday, but throughout this entire sermon series. But for today, remember what we've talked about. Remember what we believe in. We believe in God the Father the one who created the heavens and the earth. That means that we believe in a God who is a great and powerful God, a God that is far more than we will ever be able to wrap our minds around, a God that we can never understand. But we also believe in a God that is our Father, a God who is up close and personal, and a God that loves us and cares about each of us, that cares about you more than you'll ever now, let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this word of prayer, we just thank you for what we've been reminded of today. We thank you for the reminder of who you are, of the God that we believe in. Because you, God, you are Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You are the God that created everything that we see, every part of this universe, including us. And you are a God that loves us deeply. God, if we really believe that, then that belief has to shape and change who we are. So God, allow us to remember that we are not the center of the universe. Help us to remember that even though we are not the center of the universe, that we still matter to you. Because we matter to you, everyone that you created matters to you. So help us love that. Help us do what you have called us to do, even when it's hard. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that this episode has helped to teach you a little bit about what it is that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, believe. And we believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth the God who created all there is, including us, and a God who loves us deeper than we will ever know. Now, in our next episode, we're going to continue to talk about some of these essential beliefs of our faith, and we'll be specifically talking about who Jesus is. So we hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops next Tuesday morning. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And also remember that you're always invited to come and worship with us online at Melbourne Heights. We worship every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time at mhbclouisville.com slash live. We would love to have you join us. Well, until next time, I hope that you guys have a great week. I'll be praying for you, and we'll see you back here soon for another Sermon Podcast.